Hi, you're listening to The Why Between the Lines, a podcast produced by Refresh Marketing, Australia's longest-running copywriting agency. I'm your host, Natalie Sia, and in this podcast, we dive into the why behind what people do. Whether it's a business, a job, or a passion, we want to hear the story behind it all. Today's guest is Mitch Green, one of our dearly missed former senior copywriters at Refresh Marketing. In addition to his talent with words, Mitch is also a gifted landscape photographer. And in today's episode, that's what we're talking about. Mitch tells us what he loves about landscape photography, why snapping a photo of a sunrise isn't as straightforward as you think, and what he's learned through this journey of capturing nature on camera. So Mitch, thank you so much for coming onto the show today. And we're going to talk about your passion for landscape photography. So maybe for some people who may not be um, you know, very familiar with that term, maybe we can start off by you telling me more about what you do as a landscape photographer. Yeah, thanks, Nat. It's uh, great to be here. Keen to yeah, obviously share my story and see where we go. So yeah, for me, landscape photography is sort of my way of actually getting out into the natural world and sort of seeing those grand landscapes or some of the sort of smaller details where there's a nice old tree or you wake up for sunrise beside the ocean. It's kind of those those areas away from civilization and, and structures where you can kind of just see the beauty of the natural world and obviously try to capture that with a camera. So how did you get started in photography? Was it something that you've always been into since young or has it just, you know, recently developed? I think... I think it's been brewing away my entire life, really. Um, probably the sort of, I guess the seeds were planted quite early uh, in my childhood, going on just like family bushwalks with mum, dad, grandparents, cousins, sort of just local hikes in the in the local area or, or going to camping uh, down the coast. And I think just sort of being out and about in those sort of natural spaces, you kind of, I don't know, you sort of learn to appreciate the beauty in those areas, even though they're a little bit harsh on first glance particularly the sort of Australian landscape but sort of building up that that uh yeah appreciation for the for the natural world and sort of slowly starting with a, a digital camera my um my dad used to always have like a, a video camera and film home movies back in the day growing up so there was always that floating around and there'll be like a camera on family holidays and sort of just sort of describing that as often as I could and, and taking snaps of flowers and trees and rocks and that kind of thing um and yeah and I guess it's kind of like built up over time from there and I've kind of been doing it sort of seriously now for about the last eight ten years or so now it's sort of mm, building wow. up mm. that's a long time mm. so has it always been just landscape photography that you're interested in or have you ever tried other forms of photography I've dabbled I've, I've dabbled in um in portrait photography and events and product photography and those kind of things. And while it's the same kind of processes on the camera, the lens, lighting, editing, there's similar aspects there. For me, it's actually that that experience of actually sort of going out on the hike or, or waking up at 4am and setting the alarm and getting out in like the winter cold and, and heading out and actually kind of experiencing these scenes. And then sometimes I just sort of happen to have the camera with me and then capture them. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a little bit more about the technical parts of uh, landscape photography, but just curious, was there ever a moment where, uh, you know, because you said growing up, you've been going on bushwalks with your family and there's always a camera lying around, but when was that moment or was there a moment where you just feel like 
this is really something you're going to pursue seriously? You, the, the funny answer is I've been talking all this time about natural beauty and wonder and getting out there. But for me, the actual kind of, I guess, like the spark or the trigger moment was Instagram. Oh. It's, it's funny how it's kind of came from technology that kind of pushed me on there. But I think I um, downloaded Instagram maybe about 2012, 2013 kind of thing. And I was kind of at that time, I actually didn't have a proper camera. I just shooting on my iPhone. Uh, back in the day and it was kind of yeah just taking my phone out to the the beach for sunrise in the morning and just getting little snaps uh, on the phone and that's kind of like what kind of sparked that on and I think connecting with the the community on Instagram was a big thing for me in those early Mm. days just through hashtags and hubs that will sort of share pretty sunrise photos and you might get your photo featured on these hubs and kind of just building up that sort of that community and network through Instagram kind of then kind of I don't know, it was kind of those little dopamine hits. It's uh, it's kind of technology did play its part, but then sort of from there it's kind of just sort of evolved organically from those early days, yeah. Yeah, and so from an iPhone and now you've got fancy cameras. Like, <laughs> that, that's what we call them in the industry, the fancy cameras. <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> fancy. So landscape photography, when I imagine it, um, it's a lot of just you and nature. Do you also see that as, I don't know, a form of getaway from the hustle and bustle of daily life and other people. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it is that kind of that, that outlet where you can sort of just take a breath, let your thoughts wander and sort of just be in that moment. Um, and like, it, it is an interesting mix because while it is kind of like a, a solo pursuit when you're kind of just out there by yourself and collecting your thoughts, for me, it's also a little bit of a social thing, particularly with my family, like getting out with my my dad, who also does landscape photography, or um, my grandma last weekend out at the Arrow Ranges, and sort of yeah, it's just a nice way to sort of connect um, with family, kind of over those kind of natural outdoor experiences as well. That's very nice, and um, I mean, okay, maybe when you snap with your iPhone, all you do is just go there, click the button, and snap a photo. But when you bring out your gears, your cameras, and the tripods and everything, there's a lot more that goes into landscape photography than what people would think. Am I right? Would you want to just walk me through a little bit of the process? Like, what does it take? I know, especially when you take a photo of, um, for example, a sunrise. Like, just walk me through your process. Um, how long do we have? <laughs> um, yeah, I, it, sometimes it takes days. And that's actually not an exaggeration because you're reading the weather, you're reading the clouds. Is it going to be a rainy day? Is there high cloud around at sunrise? what time is sunrise, what time is the the tide at the beach to get the waves crashing over the rocks. So there's all these kind of like external elements before you actually even get out on location. Um, And then once you kind of like planned that ahead and kind of know, oh yeah, maybe Friday morning is going to be kind of like prime clouds for sunrise. There could be a bit of color in the sky. Once you've kind of got that locked in, you've actually got to actually set the alarm at 4 or 5 a.m., do the hour hike to get out there and then once you're there, you actually got to look for the best photo. It's kind of like um, you sort of you get out there and you find the nice sky, but like that's where the art form comes in where you're actually sort of considering, oh, am I going to get sort of get down low to these rocks or is there a nice tree in the distance that I can frame on one side of the scene and sort of act as like a natural frame branching into the photo. So it's kind of like that um, once you're out there, it's that not trial and error, but you kind of – analyzing the environment for all the little the pieces of the puzzle that you sort of then bring together for a single frame. Yeah. Mm, and I would assume that 
because it's nature that we're talking about, you won't um, necessarily get the shots that you're after all the time? And how do you feel <laughs> when that happens? Um, great question. I think early on, those kind of setbacks and disappointments can actually hit you quite hard because like I say, you you put days and hours of planning into some of these shots. You go on a hike up a mountain just to get to the top and it's all clouded in. You don't get that view, that mm. grand vista. So there is a lot of putting yourself out there and just having a go for the sake of it. And then sometimes it gets clouded in. Sometimes you might forget your SD card back at the car and these little things go wrong along the way. Um, But it is like, it's a, it's like a a learning process where you kind of sort of build up, not that resilience because it's not that intense, but it is that kind of dealing with like little setbacks and things outside of your control that, yeah, you just, you can't control the clouds, you can't control the weather. So it's kind of, adapting and going with the flow when those sort of setbacks hit you Mm. yeah so what do you think keeps you going like it's challenging it's difficult the end result is never guaranteed but what what keeps you going and why do you like doing this i think the the short answer is the short answer is you're always chasing that perfect photo that perfect sunrise that perfect mossy tree in the tasmanian wilderness up some trail um but i think it's also like because you are photographing the natural world, it is chaotic. It's not perfect. You get clouds. Um, so it's like that infinite variety when you're out there. So even though I might return to this, I know, say the, the 12 apostles down the Great Ocean Road, you sort of return once or twice a year. You're always getting different tides coming up. You're getting different uh, sky coming over, different light coming onto the mm. rocks. So those endless variables makes each outing different. So you never get the same photo twice. No, exactly. There is the little fleeting moments that last for a couple of minutes and then they're lost in time unless you sort of, you either got the memory of it for being there or you sort of got that, that um, shot on your SD card that you can come back and, and share with the world later. Mm, I feel like there are life lessons in this as well. Um, so what are some things that have surprised you through this time of pursuing landscape photography and doing all that you do? I think going back to sort of your earlier point, some of those broader life lessons, like I don't want to get too philosophical, but I think like with any sort of creative pursuit, um, you can actually sort of learn a lot outside the actual immediate pursuit itself, whether it's the the ups and downs, whether it's sort of the continual learning, because you can never you can never actually master it. It's always that that sort of eternal search to get a little bit better, to get a little bit more prepared to have a new idea that you might want to actually try. Sometimes it might fail. Sometimes it might work and lead you down a different path. I think it's that sort of, yeah, that continual learning process that you never quite master, but it's it's the challenge that keeps you going. Mm. And it's interesting that you say that. So my next question is, what do you look for when you're out there taking photos? I know sometimes when it comes to creative stuff, it's quite hard to put into words, but... Um, if you could try, um, just share, like, what, what's something that you set out to look for that will also tell you if, will inform you if the photos are good or if it's a fail, failed attempt? And like, what is that, that factor? Uh, if I could answer that, I think I'd be a millionaire, Nat. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, for, like, landscape photography, like, there is a bit of a, a science behind it as well. There are certain elements you might have heard of, like, the rule of thirds kind of thing where you might put the, 
horizon line on a sunset photo and the top third of the photo and have sort of the bottom two thirds being kind of like the foreground. So there are kind of like structures and ideas that you can sort of build off. But I think it is kind of looking at the the pieces of the puzzle and building up your kind of <laughs> expertise over the years to seeing what works and how things fit together. Like say you might be in a, in a, in a forest scene, you might look to have like a, a tree trunk on the left-hand side of the photo. And that kind of acts as like a, a bit of a frame that kind of like maybe frames a nice old gnarled tree on the right-hand side of the photo. So kind of looking for, for framing elements or particularly once again in the forest, if you've got ferns, ferns can act like uh, what's called like leading lines. So you think of way like ferns might like branch out from the, the bottom of the photo, they can sort of act as like lines pointing up to a tree or a waterfall or a stream in the, in the back of the photo. So it's kind of getting all these different sort of uh, compositional elements and seeing how they sort of play off each other. Are they distracting have you got a, a dead branch in the corner of the frame can mm. you can you maybe take a step to the side so you don't include it or can you place it behind something else so it's all these kind of different thought processes going on and and that's the thing is like you can have two different photographers look at the same scene and get two completely different photos like there isn't a right and a wrong way to taking it it's kind of your creative expression mm. well i've seen a lot of your photos on instagram and i think what stands out to me is the emotion that it provokes because I think I think you've done very well with all your photos and I think looking at all these images they just bring a certain um they convey emotions is what I want, I'm trying to say do you think that's something that you attempt to look for as well in your photos yeah I do I think um when I'm sort of taking these photos obviously I'm taking them for me but also it's with that idea and intent and how they're going to be received by other people on the side, on the other side of the screen behind their phone or as a print up on their wall in their office. So you might look for maybe more of like a, a tranquil uh, waterfall scene that's kind of a bit more calming and sort of maybe bluer, greener colours and kind of a bit more peaceful. Uh, at the same time, you might, on like a, a sunrise photo, you might look for like a, a crashing wave and have energy and action and, and motion um, so there's different ways you sort of sort of convey that feeling expression through the photo. Um, and that also sort of comes out through the scenes that you shoot, a peaceful stream, a peaceful river, or a more intense, uh, colourful sunrise. But that is also, it also comes down to the, the technical considerations on the camera. Do you do like a, a slow shutter speed to kind of like blur out the water and kind of get like that ethereal mystical effect in the water? Or might you do like what's called like a faster shutter speed and freeze the energy and the motion in the in the crashing waves? So it's kind of those um, yeah those choices along the way that you can kind of shape kind of that like intent and feeling behind the photo. Um, what are some of the challenges that you've faced? I know you don't you don't just snap photos. You also sell prints, and you've also been writing feature articles for magazines. So what are some challenges that you've faced through this? pursuit of the landscape photography. Mm. I think I mentioned earlier about kind of the ups and the downs of the, the landscapes or the rain and clouds might come in. So there's kind of those in the field elements where there's ups and downs, and you kind of just got to navigate those. I think um, from the sort of art perspective is like, as an artist yourself, Nat, it's, it's a very personal pursuit and you kind of, you put your heart and soul out into the world and it sounds a little bit 
cliche, but sometimes it just falls flat. You don't get the the feedback uh, on Instagram as a print on on your website. It doesn't get sold, um, and it kind of just sits there, and it doesn't get that external validation. And it's not about that external validation, but it kind of is when it when you sort of do this with the intent. Uh, a somewhat commercial intent behind it to be able to sort of sustain your art commercially and you don't get that um, validation back. It's a little bit disheartening at times because you kind of wonder, why am I still doing this? I'm sinking money into traveling to these exotic locations. I'm buying fancy fancy cameras, as we said, and fancy lenses. Um, so there is that kind of what, there is that reassessment stage about what's what's working am i am i going down the wrong path am i doing something wrong and then you kind of have those doubts about your art and the way you're putting it out into the world so i think yeah you do need a little bit of a um that sort of self-confidence or just a just that belief in yourself that i'm doing this for me and if there's external rewards then that's going to follow eventually and it does, it comes, comes and goes, but it's being able to push through those, those lower times, those ebbs, yeah, when you need to. I agree with you. It's so tricky because on one hand, you want to create something for yourself. That's what people always tell us to do, create something for yourself that you love. But at the same time, like you said, if we want to be commercially successful, we are also in a way creating for other people as well. So thanks, thanks for sharing your thoughts on that. Now, what's your proudest achievement? Proudest achievement, hey? Um, I actually haven't thought about that. <laughs> um, I think keeping at it, I think it's it's a small thing, but I've been doing this for, yeah, coming up to 10 years now. I've been keeping my website and blog active, um, sort of monthly, monthly articles, um, writing those and talking about my photography and technical tips or stories behind the photos. And I think just that, um, yeah, that, that, perseverance keeping at it because it's just something where you have that internal motivation that you want to do for yourself I think um I don't know not to say I'm I'm proud of it but it's nice to be a little bit reflective and kind of see maybe how you've grown because I've kind of got that body of work there from yeah a decade ago that I can look back on and be like yeah my photos 10 years ago were average uh, to put it to put it lightly so I think it's kind of you can sort of see that that growth and shift in your development that you can kind of see yeah how far I've come and it's just little bit by little bit increment by increment but when you actually sort of stop and look back and be like yeah I'm actually I'm actually taking good photos like I'm actually pretty proud of where I'm at now um there that's a nice sort of reward in and of itself well, my last question for today is actually um if you could go back in time and meet you know the younger Mitch uh, what would you tell him? Any tips? I, I think you've shared some of the things there about not giving up and keep on keeping on. But are there any other tips that you would tell the younger you who's just going to you know, start out in photography 10 years ago? I think don't, don't chase trends. I think that would be mm. the big thing. Um, as I mentioned before, kind of getting that spark and start through Instagram you'd be surrounded by all these other photographers and, and, and wild photos across Australia and globally. And um, there's almost like this uh, sort of not a need, but like the community would gravitate towards replicating similar photos. So if someone discovered a really cool beach on the south coast of New South Wales, within a month you'd get 
dozens of photographers flocking down there and, and chasing the same photo or uh, it might be a certain editing or processing technique where everyone kind of wants really vibrant skies and everyone right. sort of dials the saturation up on their photos. Um, I think it's really easy kind of when you're around a network and communities to kind of not mimic the community, but sort of passively follow the community. So I think, yeah, my, my advice would be to be aware and be inspired of kind of what the trends and what's going on in the industry, but at the same time sort of still be true to your own vision and yeah, live that through your work. I think that's quite important. That was Mitch Green sharing his story as a landscape photographer. You'll find his photography website link and Instagram handle in the show notes. So go on and have a look at his stunning photos. He's also written a couple of articles on why and how he uses photography to shine a spotlight on the wonders of nature and in a way help conserve nature too. You'll find the links to these articles in the show notes as well. The Why Between the Lines is produced by Refresh Marketing. If you have a story you'd like us to help you tell, whether through this podcast or our copywriting services, get in touch with us through the link in the show notes. And if you have a moment, please consider subscribing or leaving a review as this helps others discover our podcast. Thanks again for listening and take care.